0: Chapter 17. The very first time Granddaddy introduced me to Planet Boombox, the Sonic King, and the Funkazoids, was the day I got a special delivery all the way from Harlem. Daddy had sent me a cassette tape labeled, Fresh from the Boombox. Earlier that day, Mama and I had visited Granddaddy at the Marshall Space Flight Center and brought him lunch in a thermos of sweet tea. As we walked from the parking lot to the center's outdoor seating area, most of granddaddy's friends from work recognized me. If it isn't little Ebony Grace, astronaut in the making, Uncle Lauren said when he saw me and Mama, I gave him a sharp E-Gray Starfleet salute even though he didn't know anything about me and granddaddy's stories. You're quite the celebrity around here, Starfleet, granddaddy said when he came out to meet us for lunch. He bent down to give me a kiss on my forehead. I saluted him and said, Cadet E. Gray Starfleet reporting for service. I said, Shh, not here, cadet Starfleet. This is the last place we want anybody to find out about our secret mission. Granddaddy said with a laugh. Other men walked in and out of the Space Center building. Some said hi to Granddaddy, others nodded, and some didn't even say a word. You two and me secret missions, Mama said. And you better not try to launch any of your rocket ships in your father's shop again when you get to New York in June. It wasn't the shop. It was the junkyard. I corrected her. There were no rockets at MSFC, only a lot of thinking and talking and computing and building rocket parts. That's granddaddy's job as an engineer. He wants me to be an engineer too. That's why he taught me math when I was just a toddler, read me engineering books before I started kindergarten, showed me how to launch a rocket with seltzer tablets and soda bottles, introduced me to Star Trek and Star Wars, and told me stories about space heroes from his old comic books. But we didn't like those space heroes with their blue eyes and slick hair. That's why I had to become E. Gray Starfleet, space cadet hero. Besides, he had a huge crush on Lieutenant Uhura, So that's why our top-secret spaceship is named after her, or she after it, since she's from the future. Mama, Granddaddy, and I walked over to a set of picnic tables at a nearby lawn next to the space center. You're going up there on that Planet Boombox? Granddaddy joked. All that boom and bip and crack going on up there. Seen it on TV, Starfleet. Boys are spinning on their heads like they're losing their minds. And some of them are. If Harlem was a boombox, then that Alabama quiet was like a pair of headphones blocking out the music booming all the way from Daddy's house on 126th Street. In Huntsville, everything was muffled. All those voices making up stories about Granddaddy the chirping church ladies' whispers and mumbles and hush-hush gossip, making a low-hanging concrete cloud over granddaddy's head. To black out those murmuring whispers, I'd spent the day before in the attic reading granddaddy's old comic books and magazines. Inside those pages was a world of high-flying rocket ships, giant aliens, and heroes saving the world from disaster. Just like Cadet Egrace and Captain Fleet on the Yuhura. And when I wanted to board the Yuhura to boldly go where no girl has gone before, I'd be beamed up by Captain Fleet. In no time, I was at the control boards helping ease the giant spaceship toward the edge of the Milky Way, toward a whole other galaxy in search of intelligence to protect our planet from ultimate destruction. That was super top secret, of course. Ground control to Cadet E. Grace. Ground control to Cadet E. Grace. Granddaddy's voice had snapped me right out of the stars and pulled me back down through Alabama's wide blue skies. The air was hot and thick, like having my head inside a space helmet. Well, did your rocket make it into orbit? Granddaddy asked as he pulled out the egg sandwich I'd made for him. He asked this every time he'd see me go off into my imagination location. I stared into space as if everything around me had morphed into a whole other world. Not this time, I said, because I wasn't in another world. I was still right down there in Alabama thinking of granddaddy. He tried to smile and sound like his usual self, but his soul glow was a little dim. Was everything all right with the yuhura? Those buttons and lights working out okay? Pop, please, stop, Mama said. No more comic book stories. Ebony will need to start focusing on her schoolwork. She smoothed down one of my braids as I took a bite from my sandwich. Junior high school is going to be real hard. And she'll have to start studying now and keep her head out of all that nonsense space stuff. Granddaddy chuckled. I could see the chewed sandwich in his mouth. The little gray hairs on his mustache curled over his lips and his eyes squinted just like mine when I smiled. Well, out of space is what keeps me grounded. Ain't that right, Starfleet? Granddaddy said outer space is not stopping those newspapers from saying not so nice things pop mama said and with that the low hanging dark clouds spread from just being over granddaddy's head to being over mine and mama's head and maybe our little spot outside of msfc and maybe all over huntsville too the newspapers can say whatever they want gloria granddaddy said fact is me and huntsville newspapers got a long long history ain't that right starfleet i only nod and take tiny bites from my sandwich mama and the other grown-ups keep secrets or speak in code but granddaddy is as plain as day our stories about the yuhura are more real than any of the hush hush gossip Listen to me now, Ebony Grace. Granddaddy sets down his sandwich, takes a sip of his sweet tea, and faces me. Granddaddy talks to me. He tells me the truth even when Mama and the others around me hide their secrets behind their whispers. Those same newspapers didn't bother me none when I first moved down here from Harlem when your Mama was a little baby. Moving back to the south from New York was unheard of. They called us uppity Negroes down here just because we knew a little bit about that fast life up in Harlem. And we were engineers working for NASA. I just nodded. I never liked when Granddaddy talked about when he first moved down to Huntsville and how he was treated. Instead, I asked, you think they'll ever let a kid go into space, Granddaddy? I don't see why not. And I'll make sure you're the first one in line. Mama was glaring at me. Her red lips were pursed tight That's it, young lady, she whisper-shouted. And Pop, you got bigger things to worry about now, don't you? Granddaddy looked down as if the weight of the concrete clouds were pushing down on his head. At the end of our lunch, I gave him a super big hug. I'll see you later at the control boards, cadet Starfleet, he whispered into my ear. Then he stood upright, pulled up his pants, puffed out his chest like he usually did when he's about to announce something he's really proud of, and said, we're working on plans for the next space lab mission. I gasped. This was my chance maybe i'll get to go on that mission i said no ma'am i've got galaxies for you to conquer on the uhura young lady space lab missions are small potatoes i stepped back away from granddaddy and gave him another cadet salute without even looking mama's way i could still feel her piercing eyes later that evening when granddaddy came home We went off by ourselves to his study and listened to Daddy's cassette tape from Harlem with the volume turned down real low because Mama didn't like me listening to strange music. Your Mama's gospel music ain't sonic nothing, Granddaddy joked. It's the slow humdrum rotation of the planets around the sun. Can't even hear it move your soul. But Mama's soul would move all right. Even I could see that. In church, while cooking in the kitchen, or while sitting on the porch, she'd close her eyes, lean her head back, and wave her hand from side to side to praise the Lord. But granddaddy, mama lost her mind too with all that singing, I'd said. She didn't lose her mind, Starfleet. She put it aside for a bit and let Jesus take over, said granddaddy. There was no talk of Jesus or the Lord on Daddy's cassette tape fresh from the boombox. Granddaddy carefully placed it into his stereo. Not a boombox because it was tall, had a turntable and a radio dial and you couldn't move it anywhere else. We listened closely as some guy talked over these beats that sounded like a big old party in outer space where the stars and planets would boogie on down. A boom, a bip, A bop. The words flew out of the speakers of Granddaddy's stereo and floated around the room like fireflies, glowing and sparkling just the same. There was a story, and the story made music. Hip and hop and stop, beatin' feet, bang boogie and bang, stop rock and bop, pop the pop on and on to the break of dawn. Granddaddy, what are they saying? I asked. I moved as close to the speakers as I possibly could to let the words and rhythm and beats reach that part of my imagination location where everything makes perfect sense. Huh, gibberish was all granddaddy said. Gibberish and noise. That's not music, Starfleet. I bet they're not even playing instruments. Nothing that sounds like that can come out of a guitar or a piano or even a drum set. Granddaddy quickly stopped the cassette tape. A weird quiet filled the room as if there'd been a giant bubble of sound and everything popped, leaving nothing but thick, hushed air. I didn't tell Granddaddy that I wanted more of Daddy's music from Harlem. I wanted to take apart the words like the buttons and wires on a radio. I wanted to put them back together with the music like a puzzle so we could all make sense. The break with the beat, the clap with the bap, the move with the groove. But instead I said, that's right, granddaddy, gibberish and noise. Granddaddy's bedtime stories have always been about spaceships and aliens and planets and galaxies, even though Mama kept saying, Pop, there's only one thing out there, and it's our Heavenly Father. Granddaddy would lean in and whisper, That's the name of a spaceship. Heavenly Father. I didn't do a good job of hiding my laugh from Mama. That night, it was time to check up on the yuhura Granddaddy always started the mission with, Yuhura to Cadet E. Gray Starfleet. Yuhura to Cadet E. Gray Starfleet. And I always responded, Beat me up, Captain Fleet. Then, Granddaddy started his story, a brand new one filled with new words and new worlds. Starfleet, let me tell you about Planet Boombox, the evil Sonic King, and his Funkazoids. Just yesterday, in a galaxy far, far away, a cadet and her captain zoomed through the long, wide black sky in the funkiest mothership on this side of creation. Mother Yuhura. The mothership parted the black sky like Moses' Red Sea. You ever seen a thing so black in your life? Make you feel like you belong to it? that you come straight from it, like it's your own mama's belly. That's the source of all things Starfleet, the long, wide black sky. It belongs to you, and you belong to it. Those same stars are what make up your bones, your pearly whites, and that twinkle in your eye at night. So music pumped all throughout the mothership. Good music, soul music, funk music, until Mother Yuhura got swallowed up by a big old wormhole, and the cadet and her captain went spinning like a vinyl record on a turntable. Round and round and round, the wormhole turned that mother out. The cadet and her captain ended up way on the other side of a whole new galaxy, and they stumbled onto a new planet that bounced and dipped and spinned and flipped. And landed in a James Brown split. Ha! Have you ever seen a planet that boogies on down? A whole world that booms and bips and bats and clits and rat-a-tat-tats? And standing right there on top of it all, at the very tip of a radio tower, like a long, lean antenna, was the Sonic King with his stereo speaker ears and Radio Tower Crown. If Boo, Bip, Bat, Click, and Rat-a-tat-tat were aliens, they'd be amplified, magnified, sanctified, and functified. Ha! Now let me hear you say funky. Funky! So the Funkazoids gathered around the Sonic King as his royal court. And at the end of the Sonic King's giant golden scepter was the loudest, the baddest, the mind-controllest Sonic Boom in the entire galaxy. The Sonic Boom will seal your doom. With only a flick of his wrist, the giant waving bubble full of booms and bips and bats and rat a tat will tear the roof off the mother. So cover your ears and seal your mind before the sonic boom makes you shake your behind. What do you think will happen once we make it to planet Boombox, Captain? I don't know, Cadet. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It looks like a jungle out there sometimes, Cadet. It does make me wonder how we keep from going under. Captain, I'm not registering. You are being highly illogical. Oh, no, Captain Fleet. There really is a planet boombox. Cadet, keep your ears covered. It's a trick. Don't let the base get into your soul. It's mind control. Full power to forward shields. We must stop dancing. Negative, Captain. I can't reach the control boards. Resistance is futile. Full power to forward shields. I repeat, full power to forward shields. Or else, abort mission. Repeat, abort mission. And send Cadet Gray Starfleet home. Chapter